welcome to the License Your Music podcast, where I'm here to give you all the tools you need to license your music for film, TV, ads, trailers, video games, and more so that you can get creative freedom and earn passive income and make good money doing something that you love and not settling for anything less. I'm your host, Jody Friedman. Everything I create at License Your Music is geared towards teaching you on ways that you can license your music and create a sustainable career around that. Uh, if you haven't been by my website, it's licenseyourmusic.com. We've got all sorts of free stuff on there, including my guide on four simple steps to get your music on TV. Come on by and check it out. It's completely free. It's my gift to you. A ton of content on YouTube, of course, that's for free as well. And then, of course, we have our paid training too, which is on our website. We have all sorts of training around licensing, something that I've been doing for the past 16 years as a artist, as a songwriter, as a composer, as a publisher, and then as a music supervisor as well, being on the other side of it. So the two sides would be a buyer and a seller. As a supervisor, you're the buyer. And then as a rep or as an artist, you're trying to sell your music or trying to license your music to those music supervisors who uh, are the gatekeepers that you've got to get your music passed to get onto a project. Today, we have one of those guests with us. So without any further ado, let's dive in. Today, we'll be talking with Jackie Westfall, a music supervisor who's worked in film, TV, and advertising. She's currently a music supervisor at Red Bull and also works closely with fellow music supervisor Brianne Rose on several TV shows. She's also music supervising for an upcoming series called In the Cards and several other yet-to-be-announced projects that are in the works. And she also started a mixtape club last year during COVID with some friends. Jackie, thanks so much for being here. Nice to see you, see you. Nice to see you. We haven't actually met in person. We've worked together. We spoke on the phone, but it's it's really great to see you and and meet you virtually nonetheless, but Fantastic. maybe in person soon. <laughs> yeah. You've done so many different things as a supervisor. You've done ads, you've done TV, and I think you've done film too, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and film. So, you know, I mean, we could have a, a big conversation here about music supervision as a whole, and we'll get into that. What I'd like to start with is if you could take us back to uh, when you got started and your journey from when you started your musical journey to today. Sure. Um, Well, I went to college in the Midwest. Um, I did not major in music. I'm not a musician, Um, but I was always sort of music adjacent. Um, I worked at my college radio station. I wrote for like the Alternative Weekly in the town. Um, I booked concerts at the university. Um, so there was just always something that I was up to. Um, you know, there's not a lot of film industry in Southern Illinois near Kentucky. Sure. Um, and so I was pretty much always adjacent. And then I worked at a record store and then sort of like, I did all the things that I could do in that small town. I moved to Portland and then I worked uh, eventually at a nonprofit um, that focused on sort of like bringing a concert experience to kids that were seriously ill in the hospital. Um, so I would go around to music festivals and interview bands and record them playing covers of like songs that made them feel good or gave them an uplift when they needed it. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I did that for a couple of years and then sort of at the same time, I, I interned at Walker. Um, and so Walker does both ads um, and film. Uh, and so that's how I learned to do clearances was working 
at Walker with the wonderful Sarah Matarazzo. Um, so I worked, I interned there and then I worked there for like a year and a half on a couple of no Bombach films, um, Mistress America and While We're Young. So that was like my first like actual music supervision experience. That was like 2014, 2015, somewhere in there. Um, and yeah, I just kind of worked there and then I left for a different company, worked there for a couple of years. Um, they were, you know, a, mostly a music library that had their own production music and their own composer on staff. They also repped, um, music from like other partner labels and stuff like that. So I worked for them for a couple of years and just sort of did all the things you could do in Portland, Oregon. So it's again, like sort of quickly hitting that, like, okay, I think it's time to go. I need to actually continue to grow and do other things. Um, so, so just I, pause you for yeah. a moment. So Walker, you're speaking about Walker. Yes. Um, I was speaking or, about Marmoset was the second. Oh, Marmoset. One, I see. Sorry. Go on. I don't know so, how much so this Walker's, is going to be like. Walker's the, no, no, no. Walker's the ad agency. And yeah. that, or, or the agency, and you did music supervision there, and then you went on to Marmoset and, and was on the other side where you were rep, being a rep and start working right. their catalog, correct? Yeah, mm -hmm. right. Um, and so, yeah, I worked for them for a couple of years um, and, yeah, I left and to pursue, you know, actual music supervision. Um, and so I did that. I moved to L.A. And then I worked at uh, team for about a little less than a year. So then I worked directly in TV. So pretty much like I just skipped around a lot, like not genre wise, but field wise, you know, doing like TV and ads and then ads like internally and then TV. So pretty much I haven't done trailers. I feel like trailers is next. <laughs> just to get the full, the full 360. There you go. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that's what brought me to LA and then the pandemic happened and then I'm sort of been out on my own. Uh, since then, and I'm also um, working at Red Bull, one of their music supervisors. There's two stateside. So. Right. You started at Red Bull recently, and how's that going? What's, uh, what are you doing there? It's awesome. Um, I'm working with um, Courtney, and she's the best. And right now, pretty much like in-house to do take care of like any internal or external partner needs. So if there's like a YouTube video or anything, because the great thing about Red Bull is they don't typically have like traditional ads. It's more sort of organic and longer form pieces, definitely short pieces too, but just like that highlights their awesome athletes. And um, also, you know, they, they rep, uh, you know, a music library, they have their own stuff. So it's just really cool to sort of play around in that like very sporty world and I'm not sporty at all. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's great. It's really great. So Red Bull actually has a track of ours that we remixed for AWOL Nation. Oh, so yeah, it's just a small world. Um, <laughs> how about favorite bands, favorite artists, any, any that you're listening to these days or just of all time, what are your go-tos? Um, I mean, my favorite band of all time is the replacements. Doesn't matter what time it is. <laughs> um, Favorite stuff lately? I mean, I've been really gravitating toward labels. Um, you know, like International Anthem is so awesome, and everything that they put out is great. Um, I grew up with one of the founders um, and did not see that coming. That was awesome. Just like this cool avant-garde jazz label. Um, 
you know, it's, yeah, there's a lot going on a lot, yeah. you know, and like a lot happening, um, in general, you know, like, of course, like there's always like the top 10 that's replaced every week by the new top 10. <laughs> you know I mean? Right. Well, what's the best music decision you've made in throughout your career? Could you pinpoint yeah, one, made... one thing? Yeah. If you had to choose one thing that you, you chose to do for yourself or. For oh, a decision. Else. Yeah. Um, not like a specific thing. I mean, the best thing that I chose to do was to move to LA. Um, like I'd been putting it off for years, you know, it was just like, I wanted to have the golden handcuffs to live where I wanted to live, which was like Portland, Oregon. And just like my sister is there. My friends are there. I have a tight community. And like, I just wanted to sort of like do what I wanted to do on my terms, which is like, not going to happen. Um, so it was just sort of like giving in, moving to LA and just kind of getting going. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it just, yeah, you have to like let go of the golden handcuffs of like everything is working except for the super one important thing in my life. Um, right. So. Do you, th do you think for artists, a lot of our listeners are artists and composers and songwriters. Do you think it's necessary for them to be living in LA to do sync? No, I don't think for, depending on what they're trying to get into, if they want to be a composer, you know, working directly in film, it's best to be here. But if it's licensing, you know, sort of standalone tracks and stuff like that, I don't think so. As long as you have someone in those markets repping you, you know, whether it's a licensor or somebody who's pitching on your behalf that has those relationships that are here and on the ground, like somebody has to be on the ground. And as long as you've got somebody else doing it, like, I don't think that the artists that they have to be exactly here. Yeah. 100%. Mm -hmm. uh, how about your worst music decision that you made? Anything? And that, this doesn't have to be about you. It could be a, a working with an artist. It could be anything. Oh, yeah. I have one about me for sure. Um, <laughs> okay. Go for it. <laughs> um, so, I'm not even going to say who it was with, but okay. So there's a project that I was working on. Um, and we had to pull, like it was written into the script. There's this song that these two characters are going to be dancing to. So, you know, what we have to do is like pull that track, send it to like the second AD on set to, you know, put in their little ear wigs. So when they're dancing, they're sort of like staying on beat, right? Simple enough. Um, and so I accidentally pulled a live edition. So I, you know, I scrubbed through really quick. I didn't hear like, ah, oh, wow, you know. Um, and so we sent that to an editor, like an audio editor. And so they ha they made a thumb track to it. So like, mm -hmm. again, so like, that's like, so it stays with the beat. And so like people are moving with the beat. And so we had this work done, sent it. So like it was going to shoot the next day. Um, we didn't hear back into that night, like I had no idea that I sent the wrong one. So already a hundred percent on me. Um, he was like, Oh, I don't know how well that like the, the, you know, actors are going to like all the crowd sounds. And I was like, Oh my God. Oh no. You know? And so I let my boss know immediately like, Hey, this slipped through. This is on me. And then she happened to be sick. So she didn't get the message. Oh no. And so like, it's, pretty late and so like I find the right version like everybody's asleep that I know that could make this sort of click thumb track so like I get online and I hire someone to do it I don't even remember what the website was it was like a freelance audio engineer thing sound so, better like, kind of thing 
Some, sure. Something like that. So it was like I paid like 50 bucks out of my own pocket because it was my own mistake. Yeah. And like having somebody like <laughs> make this click track and it wasn't right. So it was like three in the morning and I was sort of like staying up and making sure it was right. And then so I had it ready. So my boss wrote back and said, you know, send it if you have it, but it's probably too late if you haven't fixed it by now. And I was like, nope, I fixed it. You know, no problem. I'll send it. Yeah. And so like they, it got there in time, which was great. And then of course, like they choose a different song, you know, when it <laughs> Of course. But I, I love that you, you took the initiative just to like, you know, Hey, this is my bad. I'm going to make it right. And you just did it. I think it, right. it could have gone a totally different way. And I think that that's right. speaks a lot to your character and your, <laughs> you know, it, it, it really does. So um, yeah. kudos to you for doing that. <laughs> Yeah, I was so mad. I didn't mention to my boss all the which ways. I was like, it's just done. Because she's not going to want to know the twists and turns. And I was up late. You know, she just wants to know, is it good? If it's good, let's just move on. You know? Yeah. And so I was just like, oh, my God. You know, there was like two years that sloughed off my life. And I was like, okay, so now I know forever and ever. I'm going to listen to like every single second of this thing before doing anything else. It's just a hard one lesson. So. How about now? What are you working on these days that, and do you need any music for anything? And of course, people listening will want to know, how do they right. get their music to you? Right. Um, so what am I working on? So I'm working with Brienne Rose, and we're right now we're working on um, sort of some Magnolian Table content. So that's um, Fixer Upper, uh, Magnolia Table, um, where Joe Gaines does a cooking show and it's so delightful. Um, so music for that is, you know, full Americana, one stop. And so one stop meaning like um, the songwriter is the performer and they 100% own both things, both sides. Um, you know, so like that stuff is great. Um, generally, we, we and I work with pre-vetted partners. So, you know, going through individual artist tracks is not something that can be part of my workflow. I wish it was like, I think people think that music supervisors just chill and listen to music all day. I wish. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so like if it's repped through, you know, a trusted partner, you know, when we reach out, they'll send stuff to us. Another big thing that, um, I've been looking for is all, you know, like vintage country, you know, 60s, 70s. So like an authentic, so like that something or authentic, you know, current, cool, like alt country style, like not exactly like Orville Peck, but in that universe, like yeah. just really interesting sounds, not a ton of like pop or electronic or top 40 stuff is not really in my wheelhouse. Um, for yeah. the folk Americana, you're looking for instrumentals or vocal tracks or both? Both. they have to have yeah. both. I mean, it or they have to at least have instrumental, but not you know it's okay if it doesn't have vocals but it can't have vocals and no instrumentals it's like a rectangle is a square but a square is not. and forgive me but what is magnolia table i'm not familiar so magnolia network it's chip and joe gains oh, um, okay. and, and so yeah. magnolia table is the cooking show uh that joe does and it's uh, great and it's on the discovery network and it's just one so. awesome they're a lot of fun and good yeah. at what they do <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Can um, they please come remake my apartment? <laughs> I know, right? How about um, a piece of advice you'd have for our listeners and uh, our viewers? Again, mostly artists, composers, 
producers. Some of them are the occasional artist manager or business person wanting to build a library. Any any advice if you had to pick something to tell them? Any advice? Um, gosh, I would say like have everything like tightened up, like metadata on every track. Make sure like your information is easily findable and like have, you know, like your splits in there. So say like one stop or I own a hundred percent. Just so like if this track gets put into a music supervisor's library that they'll be able to be like, what is this? They can open it up and be like, great, I can use it for this other project. Um, so I feel like that's important. Um, and then also sort of like when reaching out to music supervisors, just know that they're getting a ton of cold emails and like, don't take it personal if they don't get a note back. Um, you know, and just sort of like follow these folks on Instagram or not Instagram, but like social media, like see what people are doing. And then when you reach out, it like have an informed approach. Yeah. Um, and then also knowing like, if you look on their IMDB, like stuff that's not like pre-production or in production, like a lot of like stuff that's not that is over. So like pitching for stuff that's maybe already out, just, yeah, just like tailoring your reach outs to what people are actually doing and sort of doing a lot of late work before, before doing the reach out. Yeah. And if you're hearing any of this and you have no idea what she's talking about, we talk <laughs> about all of this in, at License Your Music in our training. Uh, metadata, organization, one-stop, all these terms you're hearing, we go over that and for free on our YouTube channel. So you guys can all check that out too. Jackie, uh, you're the best. Thank you so much for doing this and uh, for being here. It's great to see you and learn from you again. And uh, I wish you all the best. Thanks, bud. Whether you're watching here on YouTube with me or listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. Let me know what you learned. If you learned something new, let us know what you thought of the episode. Jackie Westfall was a great guest and a lot to be learned from her as a music supervisor uh, and just an all around great person. So thank you so much for listening. If you haven't been by my website at licensyourmusic.com, please come by and check it out. Right now I've got a free guide on there called Four Simple Steps to Get Your Music on TV. If you follow these four steps, you will break through and get your music on TV, but you have to follow the steps one step at a time. I've also got a ton of training on my website, how to get your music heard by music supervisors, my five part training. I've got a new course called Pitch Like a Pro, how to pitch like a professional music publisher. That's on the website, so come by, check that out. If you wanna master the art of the pitch, which is a big part of the process, it's really hard to break through. It's really hard to do the pitch right and I've had the past 16 years, luckily, to master that craft. And nowadays, when I pitch, it usually results in a placement. So uh, come by, check that out. And of course, I've got my masterclass, which whether it's open now or not, you can get on the wait list if it's not. If it is open, uh, then you, you wanna enroll before enrollment closes because we only open it for a certain amount of time. And then we close it down until probably six months, three months or six months later. So uh, be sure to come by and check that out. And of course, our world tour course, where we interview publishers around the world outside the US. We go around to eight different territories. We talk to them about the state of music licensing in those territories. So if you've already been licensing a little bit here in the US domestically, mm -hmm. and you wanna expand and start building that global empire, this course is a great course to take. There's nowhere else you can get this information. And it's all at licenseyourmusic.com. 
Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at License Your Music. Thanks again for listening. I'm Jody Friedman, your host. Stay cool. Peace.